Welcome to the Dog Pound Dogcast. I am your moderator and Brown's wife, Martha, here with your two hosts, Ben and Darren. What's up, y'all? Hello. Woo-woo! All right, so this is our first uh, venture into the podcast arena. Uh, we thought we knew what we were doing, but we had some pretty miserable fails, I would say, along the way. This is probably our 15th try at getting it right, but we're here, people. So get ready. Get excited. Uh, so let's start by chatting a little bit about why we started this podcast. Ben, do you want to share a little bit of that Yeah, story? unfortunately, 39 years ago, I came out of the womb and my father said, you're a Browns fan. And from there on out, uh, unfortunately, I'm a Browns fan. So uh, it's it's been a hoot. And then uh, moved here in 2011 and had uh, the pleasure of meeting my, my friend Darren. And through the years, uh, Martha always said, you guys need to start a podcast. So here we are. What about you, Darren? Yeah, I was a little bit different. I grew up in Northeast Ohio and just always seemed natural to me that I had to root for the Browns. So my dad was actually a Vikings fan, uh, but didn't really care about the Browns. And honestly, it just watched any bit of Browns fans because I had two older sisters. I had to go to over to neighbors' houses or friends' houses to watch the Browns. Always been a Browns fan. And then when I moved up to Milwaukee, met Ben. Uh, I was always the positive one. He was always the negative one. We well, let's yeah, let's talk about that. a love affair so ever since. You both say you yeah, you met right. each fell other. You love. actually fell in love in the back <laughs> room of Flannery's, which luckily I'm not a jealous wife, so it was okay. Um, and I believe I was the one to make the observation that the two of you, while talking amongst yourselves at the games, Ben always seemed to have this really super negative outlook on everything. And Darren, just bless your heart. You always found the silver lining. We should call you that. The silver lining playbook. The silver lining playbook. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I bought these headphones for Benji for his birthday and I said, let's, let's get you a productive hobby. And here we are. So hopefully we have more than three listeners at Flannery's. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> uh. We could do shout outs to people every week. Hi, Nikita. <laughs> Hi, Stan. Okay. Uh, so we were all in Cleveland last weekend for the first game of the season. Let's talk about what that experience was like a little bit, Darren. Um, you were texting us in advance right. of, of our arrival. You were pretty excited. Well, I think we all kind of... Uh... Through the, throughout the weekend, consistently got more and more excited for the weekend, for the game. Yeah. Up to and uh, to the Sunday morning, I think we text each other, we're just about at level 10, you know, from that level. Yeah. You know, 10 being the greatest days of our lives. And that was extremely short-lived. Ben, go take over the pessimist <laughs> attitude. No, I'd heart, uh, heart palpitations the entire time. It was fantastic. It was wonderful. So, yeah, energy for those listening at kickoff was absolutely insane. Um, everything from the Jumbotron to the pyrotechnics on the field, uh, the, the building was alive. Uh, and uh, that first drive came out. It was going nuts. I, I think I even cried a little bit, uh, truth be told, underneath my, my sunglasses and told Darren. He was all right with that. Um, totally fine. <laughs> but um, I wasn't sitting with no, you, so I couldn't no, wipe your tears like no. I normally do. But unfortunately, yeah. we came, uh, came down to uh, – earth real quick uh by the horrendous offensive line play uh that we got to witness throughout that o-line play i mean we have been focusing on that through our texts and phone calls since then but that if we can fix our own o-line play this is not a bad team but until we get until 
no matter how many skill positions we get, no matter if you get the full on Odell, Jarvis, Chubb, no matter what, if we if we don't have tackles, they're going to destroy us. Correct. Yeah, uh, Chris Hubbard's got to go. Um, that fat, lazy piece of shit in my <laughs> my mind has got to get the hell out of here because he's a friggin' liability. Um, not only from a blocking standpoint, but just pe- everything. He, he's garbage, absolute trash. And uh, certainly, Greg Robinson on the other side didn't help himself too much um, by by kicking people into the face or in the face. <laughs> so the question we have to ask ourselves, Ben, is: Are there people sitting at home right now that is better than Chris Hubbard? Sure. You know, earlier this or mid- midweek, I was reading about some of these we call them tackles out there that are for the taking, and you can look at a Mac Leal. Uh, I believe he's age 30. He's had somewhat success in his uh, in the league. I think he even went to the Pro Bowl his rookie year. Uh, you got Jerry, Jeremy Parnell, who's a right tackle from uh, last played at Jacksonville. So between those two, uh, one would think he could bring him in on, on the cheap and at least create depth at the position. I think we need to create depth at the position. I'm not willing to throw Hubbard out completely uh, right now because I'm not quite convinced that somebody's sitting at home right now without going through training camp is quite as good as Hubbard right now. But I think we need to add tackle depth and just be able to get Hubbard out of there if that continues to be the issue. At the end of the day, Dorsey's got to figure, figure this out pretty quick, particularly after, you know, uh, Monday night, depending on what we see. You know, and on that the same token, though, let's talk about Freddie's play calling. My question to you is, is it Freddie's fault with the play calling or is it Todd Munkin screwing it all up? Well, they definitely came in with a game plan, you know, of utilizing their weapons and their weapons are the wide receivers, you know, so they wanted three wide receivers out there on nearly every, every play. So they relied heavily, you know, on the uh, 11 personnel. Uh, so 94% of their snaps, 94%. So not a whole lot of misdirection or things like that. People knew exactly what we were trying to do. Right. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind us, you know, trying to schematically, uh, try to help the right tackle a little bit, and in so doing, add another tight end. Maybe go at a, you know a, tw- a twelve personnel, something like that. To even if you go empty backfield, I don't care. We got to help the right tackle and go with it. So we got to have to get away from the. It, it's not the game plan I have an issue with. It's sticking with the game plan when that wasn't really working. So, and when you go back at the, our, our guards, you know, we thought Kush was going to be uh, a sieve. He actually did quite well, graded out quite well uh, for EFF. I don't know his exact, exact grade off the top of my head, but he, he graded it well. But Tonio was our highest graded off li- offensive lineman. No, no surprise there. No surprise there. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree, Darren, uh, that to get that 12 personnel or have that tight end chipping, that extra uh, edge rusher is only going to help uh, Baker off. And then certainly he's got to get the ball out of his hand much quicker too, which goes back to Freddie, right? He's got to schematically find some more plays, that can get the ball out quick, get it to those playmakers that we're spending all this money on, um, and take take off from there. Uh, along with that, Darren, what the hell happened to Chubb? Where did he go? I mean, you look at in the what do you, do you have like seven carries, eleven carries, something like that. He needs double that at least. You know, we Six, have to carried sixteen times for seventy four yards or four point six yard average. Man, being um, at the game, I, I I remember like six plays that he was doing. And it, Obviously, there's a little bit of alcohol. Yeah, the, sham- with that. the champagne and multiple <laughs> beers. Um, <laughs> definitely champagne, vodka drinks, and beers. I, I also had to go back and, and look all this stuff because I agree, Darren. I didn't see, uh, I didn't see Chubb carry the ball much at all. Uh, 
and particularly when when you go back and read uh, through the week, finding out, hell, shit, we were only down 15-13 with two minutes left in the third. Certainly, yeah, then that uh, Mariota hit uh, uh, Henry for that screen pass uh, that he took to the house for, Jesus, I don't know, it was like 70 yards or something. And uh, then it kind of unraveled with the penalties and the injuries. And the key right there, Ben, is you're exactly right. As bad as the Browns played, as bad as the tackles played, as bad as everything went completely off the rails, we were in this game till midway through the third quarter. You know, I mean, this is this is not a bad team. We just have the, the, the coaching staff just has to help the right tackle uh, in any way possible. And so that the, the, the defensive coordinator can't just, you know, run a, run right through the right tackle to beat us. Which uh, that takes us now to our, our outlook here on uh, on Monday, right? Yeah, I mean, Monday night. And first, I just want to get my like pop culture thing in here. And let's talk about this dude who has adult mono. Is this a thing? No, it is. It is a thing. <laughs> it's, it's funny for, for Martha and I here personally, because uh, a good friend of ours uh, contracted mono a couple weeks ago at the age of 38. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and now now we uh, see a 23 year old, I believe, uh, Sam Darnold coming out with the mononucleosis. So how and why? Who knows? But, this is the uh, kissing disease. Am I right? That's the kissing yes, disease. It right. is. Right. It uh, can also, I did my research on mononucleosis earlier today before this wonderful <laughs> podcast you guys of are course all listening you did. to. Shocking. Of course and you did. Yeah. It can also be uh, uh, contracted through uh, cough and sneeze, air droplets. But more often than not, yes, kissing to high school kids. It's your, it's the kissing. Like after when they all huddle up and they do like their play call or whatever, they do a little kiss, right? And then they go <laughs> There you go. Onto the field. Yeah. Okay. So, Darnold or not, we got our backs against the wall. Primetime game. Uh, every sports center I've seen has been talking about Monday Night Football and how, you know, kind of screwed the Browns are, if you will, um, how it can affect this team moving forward. And I have to say, I agree with them wholeheartedly. Um, I, I'm going to call this a, a must win game. I know it's game two, but uh, it's kind of how I feel. I, Darren, how do you feel? I, let, I, let me guess. I think you're feeling positive. About it. I'll, I'll tell you what, the Browns got embarrassed. Every single one of the Browns that you mm-hmm. follow on social media, you know, whether it's Baker or Odell or Jarvis, embarrass themselves and they express themselves that much in social media. I heard they had a fantastic practice, you know, yesterday. They are going to be lit. So I see the Browns coming out big. Uh, the Jets have so many inter- injuries, not even talking about the, you know, Mr. Mono. Uh, but I mean, they've got a ton of injuries or that potentially may not play injuries or not, Darren, let's talk about Simeon, right? The back of Trevor Simeon, certainly last, last play, last played a regular season game in 2017. Having said that, um, when he was on the Broncos, he went 13 and 11 as a starter. We can't sit here and say the same thing about our starting quarterback. We've all anointed as the, uh, next coming of Joe Montana dudes, five and eight as a starter. The one thing was. The one thing about Simeon that scares me is there's not a whole lot of film on him recently at all. No. You know what I'm saying they could they got to sure. pull out 2017, and any time that that you, that typically happens, I mean we you know you and I would watch Browns games, and all of a sudden you know the starting quarterback's out and the you know backup is in, and they light us up for 450 yards. Exactly what I'm afraid of because I've seen this movie before, just like every other friggin' Browns game, and here we go against a air quote backup QB, and yeah. Next thing you know, he's the next uh, whomever coming out just throwing darts all over the field. And that's, you know, Denzel Ward needs to get his ass in shape because he got burned. While you go back and look at that Tennessee game uh, from the the passing statistics, 
uh, thrown to wide receivers. He let up two bombs go. Denzel did that is uh, that one went for a touchdown. You know, let's not take these guys lightly. Um, you know, as we sit here looking at yours, you know, Bell already tweeted out uh, earlier today or later this afternoon that he's good to go. MRI was negative. Um, so he's dealing with a call it football, you know, uh, injury. Uh, Quinn and Williams didn't practice. That's a rookie draft pick in the middle on defense. Mosley, the big free agent signing from Baltimore, who, if you don't know, was picked off uh, the last pass in week 17 last year against Baker. Uh, he didn't practice. Uh, but I have full I have a feeling that both both will go uh, along with obviously Le'Veon, Le'Veon, who already said he was. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's more preventative, at, at, you know, precautionary at this point, you know, holding them out from practice uh, that doesn't seem all that serious. So uh, I think they're all going to go except for Darnold. So our D line graded out pretty well last week, uh, from what I read, uh, actually held up and did well. Uh, so my question is is our D going to be able to attack? that Jets offensive line. Keep in mind, the Jets gave up four sacks against Buffalo uh, last week, and I put our D-line uh, a bit higher than the Buffalo D-line. Are we going to be able to do it? I, I totally think they will. I think you'll see another two sacks out of uh, Miles, and you're going to see uh, Vernon join the sack party too. So so you're calling right here, Darren, that Miles is going to go off on 32 sacks this year. Two, two sacks a game? <laughs> two sacks a game, yes. No. <laughs> Hang on, who is this? I gotta write this down. I'm the. Yeah. I have to be the referee in the bets as well. Okay, there is no bet. My, there's, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Ben, oh, Ben's joking prediction? there. Yeah, Mister Mister oh. Positive. I, I go silver. less than 32. Okay, he's he's I saying the that. under. Yeah, <laughs> you knucklehead. Uh, what I am worried about, I'm not going to lie, uh, is uh, on on their defensive side of the ball. Let's not remember. Let's all remember, folks. We are now facing against our former interim head coach last year and maniac. Uh, NFL maniac Greg Williams. So let's be frank. He knows Freddie well. He knows the plays Freddie ran last year. He uh, he's he's been in the NFL for a long time. Okay, so he's going to, in my opinion, you know, show these weird ass fronts that let's be frank. You know, Baker's in his 14th start, right? And uh, he's going to disguise a lot of things. So with our sieve of an offensive line, you got Greg Williams now scheming. And, and showing all sorts of weird blitz packages, how often is Baker going to be in the dirt? All right, I, I've got two points when you bring up uh, Mr. Greg Williams from last year. Number one, are they going to play Jamal Adams 40 yards off the line of scrimmage? I don't know. And number two, are, are his defensive ends allowed to do more than one move? <laughs> uh, you're funny. Um, I am worried about two. I remember watching that preseason game against uh, New York. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the Giants when we were taking out on Odell and we have all heard about it. I assume now that uh, OBJ learned uh, probably sometime this week that uh, our Browns defensive players that were here in 2017, he did put out a quote unquote bounty <laughs> not to bring up bounty gate again, but uh, Williams did put out a bounty and told our defensive guys to take him out at the age of how, I don't know how old he is 60. Let's call him. He hasn't changed that tune. And uh, I think he's going to to send dirty, cheap shots. And I think Odell is 100% correct. I, I think you are correct uh, for once, Ben. And, uh, but by Odell actually bringing this up, I, I, I hope at the NFL and the referees that have this game actually have this kind of you know, in the back of their mind when they watch the game. And hopefully they're going to call this a fair game. Yes, hopefully. Let's, let's remember that word, Darren. Hopefully. hopefully right. Yes. Uh, 
you know, we got to, you got to go and assume that Greg Williams wants this game pretty bad. Right. And he controls that defense. Uh, I just, it's, it's got me, it's got me worried. It really does between the offensive line, all the hype coming off a bad loss. um, I I don't feel well about it. I'm going to give you my final score prediction here, folks. Uh, It's going to be, it's going to be a gross, ugly turnover prone game. Uh, we're not going to be able to capitalize on their uh, the turnovers we create. Um, even though now we're we're given six on the road, I'm calling Jets 17, Browns 14, 0 and 2 going into Week Three, and the dismantling of the 2019 Browns has begun. Jesus. Ben, 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 Ben. Are you trying to kill my season tickets over here? No, you've already you sold mo- most of them, dude. <laughs> I still have three to go. Come there on. you go. Darren, what's your All projection? Right, here's the deal. Let, let's listen to the level-headed opinion. Yeah. All right. The Browns got embarrassed. Everybody agrees. They're not going to let this happen again. Uh, on the road in a hostile stadium. On the stadium. road in the hostile stadium. I'm calling right now Browns 32, Jets 14. Ooh. The Browns are going to light it up in New York. They're going to you know, Baker's going to look like Baker. The defense is going to be on fire. Uh, they're going to help have a tight end help with Hubbard, some chipping from the running back. I believe in kitchens. I believe in the kitchens of the last eight games last year, not the one last week, total turnaround Browns back on top. What's that? Yeah. What's that? What's like that score time. again? Playboy 32, 32 14, 32, 14. Okay. Well, you stay tuned everyone out there for episode two of the dog pound dog cast. When I can sit here and tell you again how right I was and Darren was wrong. Don't, we shall don't see. worry. We'll be keeping score. We'll be keeping score. So, okay, guys, just to do a quick recap of our first successful episode. Yay! Um, last week's game, grumpy old man Ben says that old lady Hubbard's got to go. Silver lining Darren comes in with the, eh, he's our best worst option right now. Both of you agree that you're not entirely sure if Chubb even played at all on Sunday. <laughs> yes? Yes. Uh, <laughs> he needed to play more. Looking to the future, of course, Ben is predicting a loss on Monday night. Of course, Darren is just looking at it with a little more positive spin, and I'm going to side with Darren. I agree with you. I think the Browns came out on Sunday. They had to eat a little bit of humble pie. They had a week to sit on it, think about it. They're going to come out a bunch against these, you know, sicko – injured whatever's going on in the Jets team over there and I think we're going to take home a win that's what I think level-headed Martha all right guys well we will be back next week to recap and see what happens stay tuned we'll see you then here we go brownies here we go (laughs) (laughs) we'll work on that